Hey, do you want some mores? Some more what? Some more schmanners. Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. How are you? I think I'm good. Do you enjoy that chocolate you just ate? I did. It yeah. was very good. Give you a blast of endorphins? Mm-hmm. Is it, it, it dopamine? Chocolate's a dopamine inducer, right? Yeah, That's I think so. Right? I think so. Right? Oh, it's summer. It is summer. Well, we're deep into it. Deep in the summer, we talked about family vacations. Mm-hmm. We've talked about, let's see, in the past, we've talked about like road trips. Yes. Talked about flying on an airplane. I think we did cruise ships at one point. Mm-hmm. But I think that was before we'd actually been on a cruise ship, which feels like a missed opportunity. No, wait a second. You had been on a cruise ship. Had I? No, I thought we went so. together. Did we? Both times? Yeah, Maybe you know you're right. everywhere all the time. <laughs> I've never gone anywhere without you in my entire life. That's not true. You just got back from San Diego Comic-Con and I did but not go. But you went with me. You were with me in my heart. Aww. Yeah. Aww. Aww. I am very sweet. But this week we're talking about camping. Yes. Now let me ask you a question. And I feel like I should know this. Is your family a camping family? <laughs> my family, No. Your but, dad? No. Your mom? Will you let me talk for yes. a second? <laughs> Both of the us older girls were heavily involved in Girl Scouts. Ah, right, right, right. Um, And my mom was troop leader for a while while we were young. I mean, we were in different troops because we're different ages. Yeah. Um, but my mom was my troop leader for a little bit. Um, and so we went, quote, camping. Um here's here's my experience with camping we learned certain camping skills yes um we learned how to make a dutch oven yes we learned fart under the covers no (laughs) with i'm not proud of myself i i did a quick math problem in my head of like this is still pg language okay maybe that's adult situations (laughs) No, you you make a fire, and once the the fire is turned to embers, you can bury your food in. I mean, you can actually just do it in foil. Yeah. But we would often bring a an actual Dutch oven. Yeah. Cast iron with us, and it's we a good way to make big potatoes. Yep. Yeah. And we put the embers on top. You kind of bury it in the fire. Mm-hmm. Anyway. We learned sewing skills and knot tying skills and how to build the fire and and different trail skills and things like that. But when you're at a Girl Scout camp, there are certain things that they all have. Usually there's a large concrete pad that may be covered, uh, maybe even enclosed. Mm-hmm. Or it may have a helicopter on it. No. Okay. Usually there are picnic tables on this this concrete pad. Um, at the the at some campsites, there's even like a little kitchenette. Oh wow! Inside of it, um, usually they have a little bit of electricity. Like you, you're not gonna be able to like 
run a hair dryer or whatever. Um, but they sometimes have a mini fridge, usually a sink as well, and some basic cooking utensils, pots and pans, wash basins, I things see. like this. Yes. And then as far as like the sleeping arrangements go, they can vary from um, kind of wooden platforms with three sides, right? And a little like tent lean-to top. Um, sometimes they have cots. Sometimes they don't. And I'm, So I'm getting the picture here. So the question is, did you ever like set up tent on dirt camp? Yes, just once. Okay. When I was in high school, one of my last camping trips with my Girl Scout troop was the real deal rough in it. Um, I shared a tent with a friend. We slept on the ground. I brought an egg crate, a foam mattress. Yes, I assumed <laughs> not a literal egg crate. Um, we didn't have to dig latrines. So... I mean, there was like a little outhouse situation. So even though I understand the idea of burying your own waste, I, I've never had to do that. See, my family went camping a lot. Like, like camping, tent. camping. Yeah, like tent, build a fire. But like always, always at a campground. Okay. Where there was like, you know, a, like you could pump some water. You could, uh, there was like a, a kind of, not porta potty, it was like a public restroom kind of deal mm-hmm. um, for like two or three days, you know, and we'd go and stay. Um, and I, I wish, it's one of those things that I know how to do and I've done before and I have zero desire to do now. Yeah. You know, I might, the tell, story. Tell yes, that, yes, the tell story that story. The story I tell all the time is uh, when I was working at Best Buy. I the, love this story. Yes. Um, I actually recently, I've been going back and listening to old Sawbones, and yes. I heard this story on the Sawbones that I listened to this morning. So here's what happened. <laughs> Enough preamble. I was working at Best Buy, and I was really sick of, like, people and technology, so I said, I'm going to go camping by myself. Ah, I can do it. Just me out in the woods, my side of the mountain. A real outdoorsman, you fancied yourself. And here's the thing, Teresa, I technically am. I could have done it, (laughs) but I am a physical outdoorsman and not, it seems, a psychological outdoorsman (laughs) because I did fine during the day, but as soon as the lights went out, by which I mean the sun, uh, my overactive imagination assumed every sound in the woods was a serial killer coming to murder me in my tent so at which point i would call my brothers and say oh you know it'd be cool if we all hung out at the camp i made them drive like the 45 minutes to come basically sleep in the tent with me and then leave in the morning and i'd spend the day by myself and then call them and make them come back and on sawbone sydney spoke as if she was there did yes. she sydney she came, came with as, well? as well yeah taylor came and hung out for a while too maybe even riley like the more the merrier i just assumed <laughs> the woods were full of like I don't know killer clowns or whatever you know my you know. I, my overact could have been zombies or dragons or whatever as far as my brain was concerned. Now I do want you to discuss uh, your run-in with a, a ranger, perhaps. Oh yes, or that the, also happened. I brought yes. uh, some beer, alcoholic beverages. I lugged said beer from the car to my tent, which was a good solid walk. 
before the Rangers stopped me at the tent and said, well, you got to dump that out. And it was very sad because it was like a state park mm-hmm. uh, and maybe even a national park. And I was not supposed to have alcohol there. So I had to dump it all out, get some earthworms really drunk, I assume. It was <laughs> very sad. But now, here's the thing. Here's what I've learned about myself. I like nature. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily need to camp. So I'm way into like glamping or yeah. staying in a cabin. This mm-hmm. I enjoy. Uh, like the times we've done like uh, the Max Fun Con where it's been like up in the wood and you stay in a cabin. Oh, yeah. in uh, So we did Max Fun Con West. Mm-hmm. And uh, East. We've done both. Well, and East. Yeah. Well, but East was held in more of a hotel yes. deal. But West was kind of like a summer camp. Yes. We did enjoy. And I've done summer camp too. That I'm totally fine with. Yeah. Staying inside a building. Totally cool. And this that's why it. the Girl Scout stuff was not is not what I consider White. You know, camping. we've been talking about our experience camping for eight and a half American minutes. Oh my goodness. So tell me more. Okay. Well, um, our lovely research assistant, Alex, found this fantastic quote from Jim Gaffigan, and I would like to start it out with that. Camping was a tradition in everyone's family until they invented the house. Uh, ah I get that. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Jim. Okay. Thank you, Jim, for making that (laughs) joke for our show. So back, you know, the way back times when people were nomadic, when people uh, lived in tribes, um, they probably camped all the time, right? I bet they didn't consider it camping. Right, it was just living. Yeah, they probably weren't like, ah, how nice to get away from it all because there was no all. Right, there was no all, and uh, you traveled and went where the food source was. So you would set up your camp, and then once the food source moved on, you would move on with it. Um, but what about, so that's like the, the camping, the origin of camping. But let's talk about recreational camping in the United States. Now, I know... The earliest reference point I have is from where we went to the Greenbrier recently. Okay. And they talked about people, like, camping there in, like, 1780. They would mm-hmm. set up, like, tents around the springs. Yes. To, like, chill out. But I assume it's probably before that, right? Well, it really became a recreational activity. Now, that was probably for health reasons, yeah. yes. right? So you would get away from the pollution that of the city. And you'd take the waters. And you'd take the waters, perhaps. Um, but as, as a recreation, it wasn't really, like, sanctioned uh-huh. until the 1800s. Okay. So people would camp. Yes. But it wasn't, like, a vacation thing. Exactly. Okay. I mean, certainly during, um, during different... Wars, yes, uh, different conflicts and things. You I was ha- going to say, you know, in the Revolutionary War, they were sleeping in tents. Oh, they yeah. definitely were. Sometimes, not even did they have tents. Yeah, uh, Revolutionary War, different um, conflicts with Mexico, different the uh, uh, the Civil War, yeah, things like that. But again, th- that's considered necessity. Yeah, yes, um, I I would agree. That wherever they slept in the Civil War, they probably weren't like, ooh, la la. <laughs> the scenery. Ooh, did you see this tent? This the is hiking nice. trails. Ooh. What a lovely brook. Shall we go riding later? <laughs> so recreational camping. Um, in 1861, the first, like, built, this is a campground. Uh-huh. 
uh, was Gunnery Camp, and it was in Washington, Connecticut. That's funny, right? Washington, Connecticut. Sure. Anyway. I um, imagine there's lots of places called Washington. He was a pretty popular dude. That's true. Uh, and it was founded by Frederick Gunn, who also o- owned a local boys' school. So it was kind of opened as like, you know, like an annex or an adjunct sort of property yeah. where he would take his students on a two-week trip over the summer and they would do, you know, learning things. Educational <laughs> Educational fires, fun. How to skin a Fish, how to, well, I think it's called clean a fish, how to clean a fish. Scale, descale, scale a fish, right? Well, you gotta gut it too. Sure. I, clearly, we're excellent. We're so good at it, by the way. You gotta wash the fish, <laughs> dry the fish, <laughs> and then send it on its way. Um. So then, like we mentioned at the very beginning, this became kind of a national pastime, right? Post-Civil War, like we spoke about how that was more of a necessity, not really camping. Yeah, but, you know, I guarantee, because I think even, like, up to when we were kids, I think that it was always a learning with fun kind of thing, right? Like, I felt like when, well, I, sure. was, when I was a kid, like 9, 10 especially, there was a certain, like, now I'm going to teach you, not my dad, no, <laughs> but family friends who were, you know, uh, capable, would, like, I'm going to teach you how to build a fire. And, I, you know, like, that's the reason I feel like Scouts exists and, like... Right, exactly. Yeah. Post-Civil uh, War was really when these institutions, Civil... Uh, sorry, the Boy Scouts of America and the Girl Scouts of America really kind of, like, fostered this love of you know, roughing it in the woods, yeah. right? And I also grew up doing uh, Awanas. I, I think that's just a Southern Baptist thing, but it was basically like Boy Scouts, but even more religious. I see. Yes. Okay. And one thing that made it even easier and more, not glamorous maybe, but patriotic, sure. was when Teddy Roosevelt, um, the poster child poster person yeah poster person poster person for outdoorsmanship um really started like parceling out national parks yeah that tracks that does make a lot of sense mm-hmm. man you know i blame a lot on teddy roosevelt oh you do, do but you? especially the whole like indoor kid like you need to get out there and take the air i do not I'm perfectly fine playing EverQuest. I'm totally good, my dude. That was one of his very famous points, his stories, where he he uh, cited his childhood as him being a rather sickly child um, and his experiences in the outdoors, uh, you know, built him his strength through hiking and climbing and taking the air. Okay. And became the manly man that he was. Now listen, don't get me wrong. When the apocalypse comes, I'm done for it. But right now, <laughs> I'm good. I'm totally fine. And yeah, I, I watched a lot of SpongeBob when I was a kid. It's fine. I would agree today that masculinity uh, has is nothing. Is <laughs> nothing. It has nothing to do with either being inside or outside. See, I would say in general, I would expand it even further to say like being a capable person. Has nothing to do with like being able to build a fire without matches. You Certainly. know what I mean? Like, that's just, it's just not really coming up that often. And if it does, I feel like it's a pretty big, you got other 
issues going on would be my bet. Mm -hmm. Around this same time, um, the Industrial Revolution was really like all over the place. Um, And so people, like I said, living in cities uh, in the smog, um, they decided that that was really like getting out into the wilderness was something that would build character and be quote good for them. Isn't it always funny how things are hard build character but like things are fun don't build character? It's never like you need to build some character. Eat these cookies. (laughs) Okay so in 1874 the YWCA opened the first women's only camp in Pennsylvania called Sea Rest. Um, And then shortly followed thereafter by a YMCA camp in New York um, and uh the YMCA camp still in operation today. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we always talk about post-World War II era really influencing the way we live our lives today. Yes. And this is when the classic family vacation expanded to include camping. I imagine... I'm going to guess, right? I'm not an anthropologist or a sociologist, but mm-hmm. I'm going to guess that suddenly all these people were coming back with all of these like survival skills, you know, eating out of cans and everything. And they're like, I'm going to teach my kids how to survive in case they have to go to war. I bet that was a big part of that it. That makes a lot of sense. Right? Doesn't it? Like, sure I'm going to teach you how to survive too, like I survived the war. Mm-hmm. I bet that was. Well, but this post-World War II boom really included things like an extensive freeway system, larger traveling vehicles, budget hotels, tourist attractions. Airstream campers. Yep, campers and stuff. So that's when I think that we find the idea of like the campsite you talked about Mm -hmm. where it's kind of like we all go to this one place and we do this one thing and we hang out and have a educational experience right so that's when i think of camping that's what i really picture yeah, me too. And, and oh, listen, I know. Listen, I've been poo-pooing camping a little bit, but I mean it in this way. If you want to do it, you should do it. Yeah. Just like exercise. Um, and, you know, like, I think that just like exercise, there are some people who every day want to run 20 miles, right? Yes. And there are some people who it's all they can do to get out and, like, walk around the block once, right? Yeah. I think it's the same with camping, you know? If you want to get out there and hike the Appalachian Trail all by yourself with just a backpack, totally cool. You should do it. If you want to sit on your back steps, you know, as the sun goes down and just breathe in, I don't know, the outside air or whatever, totally cool, too. Agreed. Um, uh, so before we go on to any thank you notes and etiquette, I uh-huh. want to throw some numbers at you. Ow. Please. No, a five, <laughs> a six. Today, yes. there are over 113,113,000 federally managed campsites. Oh, wow. More than 166,000 state park campsites and an unknown number of private campgrounds in a, in the United States alone. That's amazingly high. I oh, would not have guessed that many. I know. Over 40 million people go camping in the U.S. every year. 
and our <laughs> amazing research assistant again uh, individually googled the weights of a graham cracker, marshmallow, and a piece of chocolate, and that makes three million four hundred thirty-nine thousand two hundred eleven pounds of s'mores. Okay. Assuming that each person has one s'more, each of those and forty only one, and only I would one say on average. That's probably even low. You know, of those forty million people having a s'more, just one. Yes, just one. Just one. I bet. I bet. One in two people has two or more s'mores when they have s'mores. <laughs> but that, yes, follow me here. But that's a lot. A lot. Yeah. That's a lot. That's salat. Salat. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. You know what? On a funny joke like that, it's time to give a thank you note to our sponsors. Schmanners is sponsored this week by Native Deodorant. Now, here's the thing. Let me tell you. Lean in. Lean in, kids. Native has fewer, simpler ingredients so you know everything that's in their deodorant, and it comes in a wide variety of enticing scents for everyone. Plus, they release new, limited edition, seasonal scents throughout the year. I was very partial to the vanilla coconut scent Ooh, that they sent. How summery! It was very summery. Did mm. enjoy. And... There's also an unscented formula and baking soda-free formula for those with sensitivities. And you can subscribe and save 17%. So you save $2 per stick and have Native conveniently delivered to your door every one, two, or three, or four, or yeah, that's it. One, or two, or three, or four <laughs> months. So for 20% off your first purchase, visit nativedeodorant.com and use promo code SCHMANNERS during checkout. That is nativedeodorant.com and use promo code SCHMANNERS during checkout. Everybody. My name is Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. And together we're the hosts of Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. What does that mean for you, the podcast consumer? Well, it means that you're going to get a lot of stories about how we used to do weird stuff to people in order to try to fix them. Do you know that we used to think diseases were caused by bad smells? And that we used to eat mummies for medicine? That's super funny. I kind of like well, thanks, and we hope you'll kind of like our show, Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. It's available every Friday wherever fine podcasts are sold or at its beautiful, picturesque home at MaximumFun.org. All right. Okay, we got lots of fun questions. I want to say before we start questions, wait, that half of camping etiquette is also camp safety. Well, yes. 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 First, we have fire safety. Oh, gosh. Listen, and even if you're sitting there thinking like, I already know and I already do it, double check, read up on it. Man, it, like their fire, forest fires are devastating, um, especially, listen, it's one thing and we can have discussions and I want to. About, well, I don't. Don't tweet at me. But, like, there are certain fire, uh, like, forest fires that need to happen as a natural cycle. And then there's, like, you know, human-created forest fires that are devastating for local wildlife and for people who live in the area. So, please, please research on fire safety before you go camping. Agreed. So, this question is from Sadie. 
when you are near a lot of different campsites and it gets dark, when do you need to start being quiet and minimize talking? Okay. Um, I've half the fun of camping is staying up late, you know, ghost stories or whatever. Um, but I do think that if you find yourself, if you can see the other campsites, you need to be quiet by 10. Yeah. If you can't see the other campsites, I think midnight is okay. That means that you're far enough away. Yeah, that doesn't just mean like they put their fires out. Exactly, exactly. But if you if you are within sight of another campsite, 10 p.m. is when you start need to start bringing it on in, calming it down. You don't have to go to bed. I'm not yeah. telling you what time your bedtime no. is, but you need to start thinking about your neighbors and being quiet. Uh, but at midnight. Uh, if you cannot, if you are not, vis- if you don't have visual contact with the other camps. I would also say like a good just kind of mental, uh, you know, rule is like try to keep your voice to a level so it only carries within the circle of the campfire. Mm-hmm. And so you're not just trying to fill up the whole woods with. Maybe you have a voice like mine that carries. It's <laughs> fine. Yes. And that said, different campsites have different rules. Please do make sure that you follow whatever the individual quiet hours of your campsite may be. Yes. Uh, This is from Oracle Akir. Uh, When camping where there are other people outside of your group, like we were just talking about, when should one put their fire out? Is it rude to keep it going well into the night? Now, I assume here you mean like, like staying up and sitting by the fire. And here's the thing. Fires don't really carry that, like the light doesn't really carry that far. So I would say you're not really going to keep anyone awake who is not like right next to the fire, right? Like if they're 10, 15 feet away. In their tent with their eyes closed. I don't think the fire (laughs) is going to be bright enough that you're going to keep it up. So like, like we were saying, you know, midnight, maybe not. Don't keep the fire blazing huge and bright, but I don't think you have to let it go out. Especially a lot of places, at least where I used to camp, the fires were like pits in Mm -hmm. the ground that were lined. So, like, that was another reason the fire, like, didn't carry that far. But you should put your fire out before you go to bed. Yes. Um, Because if there's no one to attend to the fire, things could, you know, even someone maybe just traveling to go to the restroom. Uh, might mistake it for something that's out and step on it. Wait, well, that's the other thing. Yeah, if you can, you know, a lot of campsites that I used to go to had like grates that you could put over the fire when yep, you weren't using them. that's a good them. idea. Make sure that you have done that. Uh, but yeah, put it out. Hey, when in doubt, put, put it, it out. out. Uh, this is from Ken. Uh, what is the best way to ki- divvy up camping tasks without being bossy? Oh, boy. I have a good idea for this. Tell okay. me what you think. Okay. I think a good way is to make a list of things that need to be done and then ask who wants to do what. Okay. Okay. I can see that. You know, my my mom used to do that with some of our chores that were not on our normal chore list. Mm-hmm. And so we would each take turns picking some. And, of course, the easier tasks go first. Yes. Uh, but you take turns, go like a round robin and figure out who's going to do what. I think that's a good idea. I also think that some chores, as far as like campsites, lend to doing the other one. You know what I mean? Yes. Oh, so like, much, like if you're going to collect sticks and then stack the sticks for the fire, like that makes right, total sense. Right, right, right. Or if you are going to be in charge of 
food disposal, perhaps you're also in charge of washing dishes. Yes. Because that is part of the food disposal. I will also say this, Kim. Uh, and this is just me, Travis McRoy, uh, saying this to you. I, I don't know if this is Travis speaking as a manners expert so much as a Travis expert. Don't mistake being bossy with taking charge, right? Because there are lots of occasions where I like it when somebody takes charge. And, like, especially if you are the experienced camper and you're with people who maybe aren't as experienced as you are, it might be that they appreciate having someone to say, like, here's what needs to be done. Absolutely. So I think as long as you aren't being bossy, and it sounds like if you're trying to be careful, you're not. I don't think there's anything wrong with necessarily taking charge of a moment. Uh, just try to be kind of more socially aware and make sure you're not making anyone feel uh, like they're being bossed around. Mm -hmm. uh, this is from Emma. Would playing music live or from a speaker at a campsite be considered rude? Um, during uh, dark hours, yes. I would say that that's when people tend to do the most kind of like listening for nature and maybe someone needs to leave the campsite at like 5 a.m. to mm. get hiking to their next place or whatever. Um, as long as it is light out, I would say a respectful volume. Yes, I think that would be key, fine. Right. You're not blasting it. Right. It's not. A, like a bikini car wash in an 80s movie <laughs> because that's the other thing maybe those people going camping are like I want some peace and quiet right and right. like you know uh, once again I think it's that same of like if you're in your area right and you can hear the music in your area try walking a few feet away from you are and see how loud it is right, right. and like I think as long as you're being conscious of it it's probably not that bad and like I said after the sun goes down it does need to be turned off and if you're by yourself there's always headphones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is from... Have, a, have yourself a, a silent disco. Right. Uh, <laughs> this is from Genuine Monster Boy. How many s'mores is too many s'mores? Uh-oh. I am a s'mores fiend, and I'm not sure when to call it quits if others aren't eating them. I mean... Don't hurt you, your stomach. You do you. Don't hurt yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, here's the thing. I don't think there's such a thing... It's too many. I have many a time brought s'mores fixins, and nobody's wanted to break into it. Now everyone's maybe everyone's being coy. And they're <laughs> waiting for someone else to be the first to break into the s'mores. But I would say, like, as long as everyone's had a chance to get them, right? Like, here's what I wouldn't do: I wouldn't like rush to the, be the first one in the bag and like grab five marshmallows and stick them on the stick, right? Like, start with one, make one, eat one. And if there's some left, start on your second one. Make a second one. You know, that kind of thing. Right. Rather than just like, I'm going to grab eight sticks and do all of them. And this is the other thing. You got to share those sticks. Especially yes. if they're like actual, like, you know, kind of metal with the wooden handle, s'more sticks that somebody's brought. Like commercial value. Yeah. You know, like some artisanal, <laughs> handmade, forged in the fires at Mount Doom or whatever. <laughs> whatever. Like, don't hog the s'more sticks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Also, just a helpful hint from me to you. If you're going to if you're going to make s'mores. Oh boy. Choose a fresh cut without hurting the tree, of course, or a fresh fallen stick that's still a little green, still wet, so it won't burn. Mm. Uh but in general, I say that don't cut down like living trees. There's plenty of fallen trees that you can 
make a forest fire. I, I don't. Wait, don't make a forest fire. A campfire. I mean, that's not important. I'm an expert. Okay. Uh, let's see. Let's do one more question here. Uh, this is from Moose. Appropriate. Uh, I am an early riser, like 6 a.m. early, and like to get my caffeine fix. But getting this camp stove, percolator, etc. going can be kind of noisy. Should I not do that until everyone else is up as to not wake others? Or is that their cross to bear? I say sun's up. Guns up. Wait. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, if the sun is up, you can make the noise you need to make. Now, don't go banging your pots around. Yes. Trying to wake other people up, you know, like the dinner bell or whatever. But I think that if the sun is up, that's... That's enough. And let me offer two other suggestions. Suggestion one, if you know that's going to be the case, try to, like, space out where the sleeping area is and where you're setting this stuff up. You know, don't sure. just lean outside of the door of the tent and start doing it. And two, maybe start off with, like, a bottle or can of cold brew to, like, start, you know, the day until everyone else wakes up. Oh, that's very kind. Thank you. I mean, it's not the same as having that piping hot cup and... That Folgers moment where you're sitting there in your puffy down vest and like breathing steam as like a bird lands on your shoulder <laughs> or whatever. But if you're trying to find a balance between being able to have your caffeine fix and be conscientious, might I recommend a cold brew. Uh, so that's going to do it for this episode of Camping. Oh, no, wait. Teresa's I've, giving me a sign. Go. I have some uh, very quick things that I would like to reiterate as far as safety and conscientiousness goes um you really shouldn't take anything from where you're camping make sure you leave it better than where you found than how you found it leave only Only memories no footprints leave only leave only footprints take only pictures feel free to carry memories (laughs) something like that Um, take only memories leave only footprints Please don't feed the wildlife. And uh, it's a natural habitat. So, you know, the flowers are nice, but don't pick them. Mm -hmm. The rocks are pretty, but don't take them. You know, that kind of stuff. And you need to plan appropriately for garbage. This is very important. Do not underestimate raccoons or bears. Uh, If it is a campsite that has like dumpsters and stuff, use them. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's also special like collapsible trash cans that you can take with you to put stuff in so that the wildlife can't get to them. Trust me, you will appreciate it when a raccoon is not waking you up at three o'clock in the morning, which happened to this guy. (laughs) And 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 let me let me assure you, raccoons are not afraid of you. No, they are not. Have no fear. They will judge you incredibly harshly if you try to scare them away. They will just look at you and then go back to your delicious garbage. Trust me from experience. And your fire is not a garbage pit. A lot of things uh, should not be burned. Um, Don't go into caves that aren't mapped out because it's dangerous, you know? There might be a bear in there. There also might be, if you go like spelunking in it, there, there might be narrow areas. There might be areas filled with water. Like, don't go in it unless there's like a guide rail or something. Along those same lines. If, whether you're going camping or you're going spelunking or you're going canoeing or you're going kayak, anything like that, tell someone ahead of time. Yes. Make a plan for when you will contact them. Tell them where you will be. Give them all that information. Make sure you've set check-in times 
So that way, should something happen, should you get, say, lost in the woods or trapped in a cave or anything like that, there is someone who knows like that you should have checked in and they didn't hear from you and they can start the process of finding you. Yes. And last but not least, three rules that are... Uh, kind of fun from the national parks leaves the three let it be don't eat the yellow snow (laughs) and look out a bear (laughs) no okay no drones no drums drones 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 i thought that was just like a very specific like anti-hippie thing like no no. drum circles no no drones no helium balloons no panning for gold Okay. Can't do any of those things in the national parks of the United States. Huh. Okay. I bet the helium balloons is like so they don't get caught in trees. Yeah. And like they're super shiny usually like mylar and stuff. Balloons are really shiny and they attract animals and stuff. Okay. Listen, that all makes sense. All right. Now it's really going to do it for us. Yes. Thank you so much. (laughs) Go check out all the other amazing shows on MaximumFun.org. Go to McElroy.Family. Check out all the McElroy content that's floating around there. Uh, you can also check out the McElroy Family uh, YouTube channel, which has a lot of fun stuff, including like a cooking thing with me and a hair tutorial by Teresa uh, and just a bunch of other stuff. Uh, thank you to everybody who came out to Comic-Con. It was an absolute blast. Uh, I'm going to be at Gen Con uh, August And 1st. so is your father, Clint. And so is my father, Clint. August 1st through the 4th. Uh, you can find all those dates. Uh, I mean, I'll be tweeting all this stuff, but you can also go to travismacroy.com to find that there. Uh, my schedule will be there. Uh, let's see. Did I already say macroymerch.com for all your I mean, amazing macroy merch? family. It's all there. Tours, all there. merch. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's all the plugs. What else, Teresa? What do we always say? We always thank Brent, Brent of Floss Black, for writing our theme music, which is a banger and available as a ringtone where those are found. Um, also, thank you to Kayla M. Wassel, our Twitter thumbnail art. You can tweet at us at SchmannersCast, and that's where we get a lot of our individual questions for our episodes. Um, and thank you to Bruja Betty Pinup Photography uh, for our cover banner of our Facebook group. It's a fan-run Facebook group, Schmanners Fanners, where you can get and give excellent polite advice. Um, Also, we are always interested in taking audience submissions for topics. Please email those to us at schmannerscast at gmail.com. And that's going to do it for us. Join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it? MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.